What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm here with Dylan, and Christian is back on the show this week. We have another loaded show for you guys today, but as always, we'll break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions. We'll be creating our own wrestling brands today. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19. Give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. So, Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? Yeah, so... the. All the talk with Triple H taking over WWE and bringing back all these former talents that used to be signed, I can now confirm, or multiple people have now confirmed, that one name has not been considered at all. Kyle, this shouldn't be such a shock. It is the Velveteen Dream. There is zero interest from Triple H and company to bring him back into the fold, whether it be on NXT or the main roster. No interest at all. Uh, Velveteen Dream has also been in the news recently taking shots at EC3 during a like weird live stream from his car. EC3, good for him, took the high road um, on Twitter, didn't really take shots back. But all in all, it's been kind of obvious that he's during, – d- during the end of his WWE run, a lot of people said he was hard to work with. And then, you know, all the, the outside of the ring stuff came about, which we're not going to touch on. Um, but yeah, Velveteen Dream will not be one of the names brought back. However, there are some more surprises on the way uh, from Triple H, and it is involving names that aren't people aren't talk about. So that's that's all I got for that. But we know one of those names is not Velveteen Dream. Christian, you want to start? Yeah, um, kind of glad that you're not bringing them back because you know you don't want a guy in your locker room that's hard to work with. That just makes mm-hmm. things so you know. If he's gonna complain the entire time about where he is, whether it's the main roster, NXT, you know, why why bring him in? Yeah, you know, I don't think him not being there is gonna be a huge, you know, oh my God, why are we bringing him in? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I'm not gonna miss him. No, no I mean I'm being it, honest. It, and here's the thing, like it his whole thing is just a disappointment, right? He was young, he had yeah. really all the talent in the world. Um, he had yeah. a gimmick that he really wanted to put over, and Triple H had a lot of faith in him. Unfortunately, uh, it just didn't go through. But uh, some of the names that could, I'm seeing a lot of Nia Jax possibly coming back. I know that's not a very popular one. Um, Nick Aldis could be some That'd be nice surprise as well. Um, and then another guy I would like to see back is PJ Black, but that's probably mm-hmm. not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Christian, what do you got? Wait, what did you say? Bring back the Fiend. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm Bring sure that's coming. <laughs> All right, Christian, what do you got? So we've got a logo change going on here, and that will be with NXT as they are dropping the 2.0 from the logo. They will be keeping the newer font and design from the NXT 2.0 era. But here's something I think Kyle's really going to like. They are kind of throwing nods and shades at from when NXT was in the black and gold days. However, it's still going to kind of have the feel of 2.0. Don't I'll let you start. Yeah. Um, I know. So, yeah, for, for, from what I'm seeing, it's not going all the way back to the black and gold era. They're still running the same sort of NXT feel, uh, but changing – graphically especially things up and with the uh nxt europe stuff on the way definitely due for a rebranding the 2.0 stuff i don't i i didn't think was meant to stick around forever it was much like when smackdown was calling themselves smackdown live 
Like that's fun for a little bit, but let's just get that over with. Yeah. Um, I told Kyle when NXT 2.0 like launched, I thought the new font was actually pretty cool. I just hated the color scheme of it. So the fact that they brought back the white, the black, and the gold with that more modern streamlined font, I don't think it's a bad look. No, not at all. And the one you know they've had now, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's too almost nickel. <laughs> you know, yeah, kind of it, it looks yeah. like an advertisement for you know kids to come watch, and you don't want that in wrestling. You know, you want big, bold. You know, hey, come watch up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong though. Like, and well, here's the thing. Like, I'm quickly. I won't spend a lot of time on this. I'm glad that they got rid of that. I'm glad they got rid of 2.0 because it never should have been that. It should have yeah. just stayed the way it was. Um, I was hearing what JD from New York had to say. He's one of the biggest in our community. He said, I mean, he was he was 100% right that it's good that they changed it, but NXT Black and Gold was more than a color or more than a logo. You know, it was excellence. It was perfect storytelling. Everything had it was a purpose. A it, yeah, yeah, it was the it was the perfect brand. Is it ever going to be that way? No, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it could be a watchable product because that, they they do have some talent, but there's a lot of talent on that roster. It needs work, so uh, I, I'm hoping that a guy like Ilya Dragunov can uh, maybe lead that brand. Yeah, be so, nice. All right, so. According to multiple sources, this is a short one, uh, Zero News started, I believe, that Ezekiel will be going through a gimmick change. So mm-hmm. the Ezekiel stuff will be no more. Uh, this was a Vince McMahon gimmick. Obviously, him and Bruce Pritchard probably thought it was the funniest thing ever, but it was just not over. So there are multiple sources that saying that he's going to be Elias, um zero news i'm not sure if they stated that he was going to be elias or more towards like the early drifter or like the the singing elias so we're just gonna have to see how all that plays out but i'm super excited that we get elias back yeah apparently the injury angle was so he could grow out that big thick beard that he's known for so that's why they did the whole kevin owens squash thing um I wasn't a massive fan of the Elias character, to be honest. I think it's way better than Ezekiel, so I'm happy that's what they're going to roll with. <laughs> if they do it, I did enjoy the, like, drifter gimmick a yes. little more than the constant middle of the ring getting interrupted Elias. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the drifter stuff. So um, with Triple H in charge, I'm sure he's going to bring, hopefully, that part of the character back. Yeah. The Elias, or, or uh, the character rather i mean it was at times funny stupid was not like, stupid it, it was stupid it was pointless <laughs> you know the, the the kevin owens stuff was kind of funny. oh it was great oh it was great yeah, that was yeah, hilarious that was when that you know i was when vince was still in charge so i mean what else do we have to look forward to when he was in charge running raw you know that was kind of like a small you know thing to watch for a couple minutes yeah. And, and yeah, the thing is, like, he did the best he could with that gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And there's just no more that he could have done with it. Yeah. So I'm, it's I'm not glad his he's... fault. It's just when you're given a turd, I mean, it's a turd, no matter how many times you polish it. It's just a bad idea from stupid creative, as Chris Jericho used to say. But uh, <laughs> all right, you guys ready for AEW? Um, yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> Starting with 
Rampage. Darby Allen beat Matt Hardy, and Samoa Joe defeated Josh Woods to retain his ROH TV title. Off to Dynamite. John Moxley defeated Sammy Guevara in a very good match to advance in the Tournament of Champions. Swerve and Our Glory successfully retained their tag titles against the Lucha Bros. Serena Deeb and Britt Baker beat Athena and Tony Storm in tag action, with Tony Storm taking the pin. So a very solid start to her reign as the Great interim booking. AEW Women's Champion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson in the main event uh, defeated Chris Jericho to advance to the finals to face John Moxley in next week's main event for the AEW Championship. Very solid contest. Jericho can still produce good matches at his age, but overall, it was a very up and down week for AEW building towards Grand Slam, which I believe they have four title matches for next week. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Moxley and Danielson, though, next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what else do we have? We have the tag titles next week, and then the ROH title is going to be next week. There's a fatal four-way women's match. Is that for the title? Yes. So what was the point of doing it at All Out a week ago? Uh, next question. Uh, overall though christian and i were texting throughout the week um i thought AEW was pretty up and down um there were there were some good matches just because of the talent that's in the ring but overall it's the the way the world title is being handled i think it's been done okay given the circumstances so i got to give tony Khan credit there but it's just very like odd times to watch AEW, knowing all the shit that's going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. not gonna lie it makes watching the product kind of cringy not that they're putting on a cringy product but it's like mm, i know why you guys are doing this and i don't like it you know yeah. it's just hard mm-hmm. i'm with it well, what do you got christian i think this tournament is way too predictable yeah i did yeah. it and at first and they first announced it we know where they're gonna go with this this is too predictable you know I would have said to throw in a surprise, have Guevara beat Moxley. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would have gone with a swerve. Be like, you know, whoa, wow, they really did that? Like, damn. But, yeah. you know, they're going to let Moxley beat Danielson. I'm sure it'll be a good match, but it's like, oh, it'd be great. We know who's going to win, and, you know, kind of devalues it a little bit, at least for me. I don't know how mm-hmm. you guys feel about it. Well, if you remember, the last time CM Punk did some backstage shenanigans, Danielson in, did end up as a world champion, so that is that was, yeah. that, was that was eight years ago. Could yeah. I mean it could work out the same? We don't know. I'm not yeah. against the Danielson title win though. Like Christian said, I think it's too predictable for Moxley to win. Danielson's a great champion, so why not give him the belt? It's one of the best technical wrestlers on the planet. I mean, and the another thing is they kind of planted the seed for MJF Mox. Yeah. So I I don't know where they go from there if that's going to be or if they do Danielson MJF I don't know what they're going to do but uh, it's going to be we have a, you you yeah. said what it's going MJF and Mox yeah I mean that's yeah absolutely so uh, that's AEW this week uh, Dylan would you like to get into the WWE news yeah so like I said I'm going to try and make this. Uh, a little more streamlined so we can get to the, the fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, so it'll be a hair about an hour, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Finn Balor defeated Matt Riddle via pinfall after a coup de gras. Um, Edge defeated Dominic Mysterio via DQ after interference by the Judgment Day. Um, couple chair shots to the knee. It's being reported. I don't know if this is kayfabe. 
or not, but um, Edge is going to be on the shelf for a little bit uh, due to what they're calling, I think it's like a grade three meniscus sprain or something like that. Um, I think this is just obviously building up for some sort of Balor Edge thing at Extreme Rules um, with something with, you know, a, some, some sort of stipulation is going to be on the line. Uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky defeated Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah to become the new women's tag team champions. They should have just won the tournament if this is what they well, were going to do. Well, here's the thing. They, the only reason why they did that is they wanted to create more heat for that six-woman tag. That's the And maybe to see how over Aaliyah would get. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think the right people are champions now. So exactly. all, is, all is fine. Uh, Johnny Gargano picked up a uh, singles victory over Chad Gable with the slingshot DDT. Uh, after the match, Otis tried to attack Gargano, but he got hit with a super kick. Gargano told him to suck it and then rolled out of the ring. Thought that was super funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so <laughs> unlike Gargano, too. Yeah. Um, Austin Theory came out as Gargano was running up the ramp, hit him with the briefcase, thus continuing the Theory and Gargano feud. When these two wrestle, it's going to be a blast. Yeah. We did get a brawl between Kevin Owens and Austin Theory. Uh, Owens cut a promo on Theory, uh, demanding he do more than live off opportunities that had been handed to him instead of showing up to work every day, check his ego at the door, blah, 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 blah. During the brawl, Theory was left bloodied by Owens, and Mm -hmm. Owens audibly said, breaking your nose is just the beginning. They have a match scheduled next week on Raw, actually tomorrow. And finally, Bianca Belair successfully defends the Raw Women's Championship against Sonya Deville. And Dexter Loomis breaks into the Miz's house. (laughs) That was awesome. So the mind games are continuing between these two. Um, I think it's been really good stuff. Raw was, was, I think, very good this week. Great. Let's go to SmackDown because I have some beef. Uh, We did get a uh, NXT North American Championship match, Solo Sokoa did defeat Madcap Moff to successfully defend the NXT North American Championship. Madcap's almost there, man. He just needs a gimmick. Hey, yep. that pre-show match, I went back and re-watched it. Dude, he was on fire. He, he, he needs a character, man, but he's got everything else. Yep. Uh, Ricochet defeated Sami Zayn via pinfall. Karrion uh, Cross cut another promo on Drew McIntyre. Uh, the Alpha Academy attacked Braun Strowman. After Braun Strowman <laughs> cut the runway show from the Maximum Male Models uh, short by coming out and interrupting that. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Dude the, dude, the look on their faces was great. Hey, I want to talk about the Maximum Male Models real quick. I don't know if you guys saw this, but on uh, WWE's uh, social media pages, um, Max Dupree is what he's going by now, but he is teasing mm-hmm. the p- seeds have been planted for the return of LA night. Yep. He said like, you have to go through the day to get through the night. And then he just says, yeah. And then walks off. So cool. Everyone was so confused in the room. Those stupid sweater wearing bitches. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea. They were dude. like, what the fuck? He just goes, Yeah. And then just walks off so badass. Anyway, <laughs> Bailey defeated Raquel Rodriguez in singles action after distractions by Kai and Sky. Shotzi came out, 
turning face, evidently, mm. because she's been working as a heel for a while, to uh, rescue Rodriguez from the assault. Uh, Liv Morgan interrupted Ronda Rousey's interview and demanded Rousey's respect. She is challenging Rousey to an Extreme Rules match at the pay-per-view. Rousey happily said yes and then said it would be Liv Morgan's funeral. Um, And then finally, McIntyre did challenge Cross to a match. No word on when that might happen. And then we did get a number one contenders match for the uh, WWE Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne, defeated the New Day, Imperium, and Hit Row to become the number one contenders. That faction is on fire right now. Yes. But there's one more thing we have to talk about when it comes to SmackDown. Paul Heyman returned after uh, the best sell job I've ever seen on an F5 in wrestling history. He's been out for the last month and a half. (laughs) Um, He came out to address Logan Paul. Now, this didn't happen on WWE TV, but on Logan Paul's podcast, Impulsive, he had Roman Reigns as a guest this week, and apparently the two traded shots back and forth to the point where Logan Paul said some stuff on Twitter. Triple H was like, well, if you got beef with someone, we're the place to settle it. Come to SmackDown and air your grievances. Logan Paul challenged Roman Reigns to a match for the Undisputed Championship. Then there is a press conference in Las Vegas. It is now confirmed, guys, that Roman Reigns will defend his Undisputed Championship against Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Yep. Yep, that's what I got. Uh, uh, Christian, go first because we've talked about this. So you go first, and I'll I'll go last. Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? What what, what is this, what does this match do for either Roman or Logan? Here, so here, Dylan, let, let me let me yeah. explain real quick. Um, here's why they're doing it. One. Uh, Logan Paul went to Saudi Arabia, apparently, or in the Middle East, and he was very, very popular over there. Mm-hmm. So in WWE's eyes, they're going to get a lot more eyes on the product. Yep. Now, if this was something in his contract that was already given to him by Vince, I don't know. But through just a money perspective, it kind of does make sense. Another thing, point where I, I think why they did this, think about the guy's that you would rather see than Logan Paul, right? And then think of how many you'd want to see take a loss. You think yeah. Kevin Owens taking a loss would be good right now? No. No. You think Finn Balor taking a loss? Not really. Johnny Gargano? No. Not really. The only guy would be Braun, but Braun will have only two or three matches under his belt in the time that Logan's had, so they kind of cross each other out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of see the sense in it. Logan Paul, you can think of what you want. The dude can go for what we've seen, and I think this will be his best match. But they see dollar signs, and it, if Logan Paul loses, it's a who cares. Yeah, so. I, think it, I think it comes down to like Kyle said. I mean, Logan Paul, say what you want about him, whether you like him or don't, he has a massive following. And let's be real, these yeah. Saudi shows, they're a joke. They're simply just yes. a cash grab. Mm-hmm. They don't always carry storyline significance. Roman can get an easy win here and then just kind of coast into Survivor Series and they'll do whatever 
they plan on doing. I'm, I'm not sure. I've seen theories um, with him at Survivor Series. But, yeah, like Kyle said, you don't want Owens to take the loss here because Owens is red hot. You don't want Rollins to take the loss here because he's actually got a match with Bobby Lashley tomorrow night for the U.S. title, and he's red hot right now. I yeah. know, Christian, that's your guy. You don't want him taking a loss. Uh, came back probably not ready to be pushed into the spotlight. The only guy on SmackDown outside of Drew McIntyre that's being booked as a real star and a true threat is Karrion Cross. but you certainly don't want him to take the pin. Exactly. So, Logan loses. Who cares? He's here just for spots. He'll put on a good match. I think the match will be entertaining because Logan mm-hmm. is very impressive in the ring for only being doing it such, uh, such a short time, and Roman's gotten so much better as well. Don't don't knock him. So I think the match itself will be good. Roman picks up a win. Logan losing is not going to hurt anything, and it still protects guys like Cross. It still protects Rollins. It still protects Owens and Gargano and, and Strowman, um, who just came back. So, yeah, it's way too soon. Match three and you get a world title shot. Yeah, doesn't really make awful. sense. But... I think I think the match will be fine, but it is super predictable, and I think that's my biggest beef with it is, like, what's the point, you know? That's what yeah. I got. <laughs> but anyway, that's WWE this week. All right, so we're going we're gonna to transition right into Christian with the Impact Wrestling News. All right, Impact this week. To open the show, we see Mascara Dorada face Mike Bailey for the X Division title. Both very good, very athletic, very fun match to watch, but Mike Bailey would come out with the victory and retain. However, after the match, Kenny King would come out and hit the Royal Flush on Speedball. Hmm. Next, we've seen DK, which is Black Turnus and Crazy Steve, for those who don't know, face Steve Macklin and Moose. The problem here is Steve Macklin and Moose have a match at Victory Road in a barbed wire match, so... uh. They didn't get along very well. DK wins via roll-up after Moose ignored Macklin's tag. Then we got Alicia versus Killer Kelly. Squash match, Killer Kelly, about 10 seconds. Uh, Josh Alexander and Rich Swan versus Matt Taven for the tag team title. Really good match, kind of predictable. Taven and Bennett retain. Then we see Mickey James versus... I am. Yeah. Yep. Mickey James. Mickey James made quick work of her. After she beat Hyann, Giselle Shaw came out, and now she challenged Mickey James to a match at Victory Road. Mickey James will accept, so they will have a match. And the main event, one of my personal all-time favorite main events in Impact history, the Most City Machine Guns faced the Good Brothers. This was a really good match. Motor City Machine Gun show they can still go at a high level. Alex Shelley is still that guy. These two put on a very even match, very back and forth. But the Motor City Machine take the victory. And next week, they will face the Aussie Open on Impact in the main event. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like a send-off for the Good Brothers out of Impact. Because, I mean, technically, they are free agents. Yep. So maybe those two are surprised Dylan for uh, WWE. Yeah, I mean, especially this day and age. <laughs> anyway, What'd you say, Kyle. Christian? 
I, I think having emergency machine guns when was the right call. 100%. You them too, they're you know, up there in age as well. You know, We don't know how much longer they're going to go. Both can still go at a high level, both Saban and Shelly. They yeah. still mm-hmm. put up a good – it was really enjoyable Thursday night. Yeah, it was a really good show. And uh, they are putting some good stuff for a victory road and then bound for glory coming up in the uh, in the near future. But uh, are you guys ready for the indies this week? Mm-hmm. All right. This week I will be highlighting Midwest All-Star Wrestling based out of Minnesota where they travel all around the state. Rampage Santana beat Zach Hendricks with a pile driver. X defeated Jay Manny with the X marks the spot. They showed a graphic before the main event that at an upcoming event, JDX will face Speedball Mike Bailey. So, uh, very good stuff for uh, this promotion. In the main event, the MAW World Champion, The System, faced off against the Freak Show Cho. So, Cho started in control with the headlock takedown, but The System has so many reversals in his arsenal to take the upper hand. The System nailed the knee. Nailed a big knee to the face, and then he, he also nailed his knee along the ring post, which, ooh, storytelling 101 was uh, in high effect there. But in the end, so I don't even know really how to explain this, but the system had Cho in a leg lock, but he suddenly passed out, which was a really creative finish, capping off a great night of wrestling, I thought. My MVP goes to the system. Uh, one of the best movesets in the indies that I have seen, and he is super charismatic as a show-off heel. So go check out Midwest All-Star Wrestling with my MVP being The System. The System. Really good stuff. Uh, where'd you say they were uh, based out of again? Minnesota. They, they're they all over the state. Gotcha. Cool. So uh, we'll be sure to tag both the uh, promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. So you guys can give them a like and a follow. Uh, We love putting a spotlight on these smaller promotions as, let's be honest, that's what makes the wrestling business go. Can't just be WWE all the time or AEW. Really, really good stuff. Well, it can be WWE with Triple H, but... Uh, well, you need, <laughs> you need the next crop of talent. <laughs> no, so. I, I, no I, I'm just making a joke because I like Triple H. Dude. But, um, Dylan, would you like to start with this day in history segment? Oh, you guys are in for a treat. All right. So today is September 18th. This episode will be posted shortly after we finish recording on September 18th. So all of these dates are September 18th. Are you two ready? Yep. All right. I know Christian had to stay up late to watch this match. Um, in 1956, the fabulous Moolah won a 13-woman battle royal to win the NWA Women's World Championship. There was a small two-month gap in her reign, but all in all, she went on to hold the belt for 28 years. <laughs> Take that, Bruno. <laughs> school the next morning, so you know I was half asleep, so I almost don't remember. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Oh, you know. Yeah, I was in kindergarten when that happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! I was in... Yeah, my dad. My dad was actually three years old. Your dad was the ref. They were calling it right down the middle, bro. Yep. Um, In 1990, during a taping of the Wrestling Challenge, the model Rick Martel appeared on appeared on the (laughs) blood. Jesus, let me start over. (laughs) During a taping of the Wrestling Challenge, the model Rick Martel appeared on the Brother Love Show. (laughs) 
and ended up spraying Jake the Snake Roberts in the eyes with his arrogance cologne. (laughs) This was the start of their feud that ultimately culminated in a blindfold match between them at WrestleMania 7, which took place the following spring. So these two feuded for six months. Jesus. <laughs> um, in 1994, for the last seven years, so I mean, that's not that bad. That's true. Yeah, but this started with a cologne spray. Hey, it's one it's of those over. started with the Royal Rumble win. Anyway, hey, it's over. It's true. <laughs> in 1994, WCW ran their Fall Brawl War Games event from Roanoke, Virginia. The main event was a War Games match that saw Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, and the Nasty Boys defeat Terry Funk, Arn Anderson. Bunkhouse Buck and <laughs> Colonel Rod Robert Parker. <laughs> the event the event also saw three title changes. Steve Austin <laughs> defeated Ricky Steamboat for the United States Championship by countout. Immediately after Austin lost the belt to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Johnny B. Bad also beat <laughs> Lord Steven Regal to, fin- to win the TV title. And then <laughs> And Kevin Sullivan defeated Cactus Jack in a match, which meant that Cactus Jack had to leave WCW. This obviously opened the door for Cactus Jack to move to ECW and then eventually the WWF, where he went on to become one of the biggest names in pro wrestling history. For those who don't know, Cactus Jack is Mick Foley. Hmm. In 1995, on the third ever edition of WCW Monday Nitro, the American Males, which was Scotty Riggs and Buff Bagwell, defeated Harlem Heat to win the tag team titles. In 2002, there was an NWA TNA TV taping in which America's Most Wanted, which was James Storm and Chris Harris, defeated Brian Lee and Ron Harris to win the NWA World Tag Team Championships. (laughs) In 2005... Lance Cade, oh, WCW ran their, uh, WCW, Jesus, this is going off the rails, boys. 2005, WWE ran their Unforgiven pay-per-view. Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch defeated Hurricane and Rosie to win the World Tag Team titles. And Ric Flair defeated Carlito to win the IC Championship. And finally, last one, I swear, in 2011, WWE had their Night of Champions pay-per-view which saw Mark Henry defeat Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship and John Cena defeat Alberto Del Rio for the WWE Championship. <sighs> I lied. I have one more. Fuck. Okay. I watched that event on that pay-per-view. <laughs> so did I. Right, yeah. Uh, in 2014, Bobby Roode defeated Bobby Lashley to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship at a TV taping from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Now I'm finally done. And I gotta drink water. Are you sure? Jesus. Yeah, I'm positive. That's all I got. Jeez. Well, I mean, hey, it it was a lot of good stuff. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain too much there. But uh, yeah, that was a lot to digest, wasn't it? Yeah, I couldn't get him out. (laughs) (laughs) Kept stumbling over my words. Yeah. Um. All right. So it is now time for the top five power ranking segment. Are you guys ready? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, is the final stop before we get into the really good stuff. But number five goes to WWE's Ridge Holland. This hasn't exactly been a great year for Ridge Holland after delivering the belly-to-belly suplex to Big E that caused him to suffer a broken neck. 
However, with Sheamus and Pete Dunne, he has been thriving. Being able to showcase his power in that Fatal 4-Way match on Friday, you can tell how much he has improved in six-month span. Now he has a tag team title match to look forward to next week. I'm really rooting for this guy. Major injury history in NXT. And with the Big E incident, he deserves to be in the spotlight for at least a week, I think. Number four goes to Suzu Suzuki. The former Princess of Pro Wrestling champion had a huge week with two big matches in the Block A of the Five Star Grand Prix pre-tournament. Although she, had, she took on Mayu Iwatani to the time limit, she was unsuccessful in that contest. Uh, however, being 0-4 in Block A matches, she was able to pick up a huge win in a 12-minute contest against Saya Kamatani. Suzuki is only 20 years old and look for her to keep being in big-time matchups all over Japan. Number three goes to AEW Sammy Guevara. AEW's booking of Sammy has not been great lately. However, as I said earlier, he was in a matchup in the semifinals of the tournament champions against John Moxley. Most of us knew he was going to win, but it was a great showing, and I'm hoping this leads to better things for him. He's super talented in the ring, great athlete. He just needs to be showcased more often. Number two goes to WWE's Dakota Kai. One of the most shocking returns of the year was Dakota Kai returning to WWE. And with as much talent as she has, this was a week that was far overdue. In the rematch, Kai and Io Sky were able to capture the tag team titles over Aaliyah and Raquel. Fun fact, this is her fifth or I guess now sixth day as a champion in WWE. And this has already been her longest of the three reigns with the other two being in NXT. So our longest reign is six days. I am so happy for Dakota and cannot wait to see what comes next for damage control. Who else am I going to give number one to? That's WWE's Johnny Gargano talking about far overdue. This was Gargano's first match in nine months. Did not disappoint as Dylan talked about. He beat Chad Gable in 14 minutes, which was one of the best matches in wrestling of the week. Gargano has been one of my favorites since he arrived in NXT and knowing triple H he has a very bright future on the main roster. With this Owens theory and Gargano story, we possibly have a Kevin Owens versus Johnny Gargano match on the horizon, which I'm super excited for. So that's uh, the top five this week. I want to point out something. So we mentioned that Johnny Gargano beat Chad Gable in a match. Have you guys noticed that even though in losses, they're giving a lot of time to Chad Gable to really show his stuff? Yes. He, he, he had the competitive match against Owens a couple weeks back that went for like 15 minutes, I think, or something like that, almost 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this match with Gargano, like Kyle said, went for 14. So even in a loss, he's still being booked like a legit competitor. Like those could easily be squash matches with two big names. Instead, they're letting him hold his own. I really dig it. Really dig that. Yeah. He, he, there, there's something bigger for Chad Gable. We just got to give it time. Yeah. You got you to gotta build that credibility. And even in losses, like I'm saying, they're doing that. So and he's, good he's, he's just super funny too, man. I mean, oh, that bad stake segment with you know, Theory and Otis, I mean, this dude is just hilarious. I love him. Love Chad Gable. Uh, Dylan, or, uh, Dylan, uh, Christian, what do you think of the top five? Well, believe as long as i've been listening to you guys and now you know kind of being on it i never thought i would hear kyle have three wwe superstars in his top five times are changing what i thought <laughs> but yeah. it's changing shows, shows how good triple h is doing yeah that's a, that's exactly it 
people look really good. And and Gargano, he for his first match back, he looked really good. Yeah, I yeah, it, cool. All right, all right, guys, it's about that time. <clears throat> Finally, time to reveal our creative brands. This was an idea I've had for. I think almost two years now. Yeah, so I am super, super excited to uh, finally do it. I sent Christian and Dylan a list of things to consider, but remember, this is everyone's brand, so it's all their rules. I'm very intrigued to see what everyone came up with. Consider this as a sales pitch for your brand. So it is up to you to get people on your side and why your brand is better than the other two. Creativity is key, but ultimately, you'd want people to come to your show so keep that in mind. If you do all this wacky stuff, you still want people to come to your show. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, Dylan, you're kicking us off. Let's uh, let's hear about your brand. So am I running through all of the bullet points? Yeah, well, you're doing everything. All right. All right. So my brand, we're going to call it Rise. It's going to be Rise Pro Wrestling or RPW. Um, our goal is to be an alternative to the more mainstream, sponsor-filled companies wwe and aew promote wrestling as opposed to goofy storylines uh we want a little more of an underground feel a little more gritty think more recent times you could think the black and gold era of nxt to go a little further uh back in time think of the old ecw hammerstein ballroom style what i kind of pictured was instead of using massive multi-purpose arenas like the T-Mobile Arena or the the Q. Is it still called the Q in Cleveland, Christian? No, it's um, Rocket Mortgage. It's, it's the Q to me, whatever. Okay. Uh, instead of using massive uh, arenas, I figured theaters and ballrooms, like I said, Hammerstein Ballroom is a good example. Just go look at uh, ECW One Night Stand 2006 or 2005. Think of that aesthetic, how the crowd is just on top of you because it's like four or five balconies just in this small room. Mm-hmm. Very GCW style, but with a higher budget. Okay. Uh, we will have two weekly shows. One will be on TV. It will be a two-hour main show that will showcase the, uh, the world championships. Uh, we'll focus on the major storylines, the major players, and stuff like that. There will be a one-hour online show that will be streamed on YouTube, also through the brand's website and stuff like that, uh, that will showcase the lesser-utilized talent, very similar to how AEW does Dark, basically. Uh, We will only have four championships in our company. We will have one world championship. Our mid-card belt will be known as the television title, very old-school style. We will have the tag team championships, and we will have a women's championship. So we're stripping back a lot of the gimmicks. AEW right now has like nine or ten titles. WWE, if you count NXT, is also sitting around ten, if I'm not mistaken. So we're just stripping that back, going back to the basics. Base again, using a lot of the old ECW format as my uh, inspiration. The theme song. So I gave this a lot of thought. So since I wanted a more gritty underground feel. The thing that always was appealing for the black and gold era of NXT was the use of hard rock, heavy metal, stuff like that. You guys both know that's my preferred music. Wait, is that Wale? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So 
<laughs> I went with a song that came out actually this year. It's called Above It All by a band uh, called Saint Asonia. Uh, the song itself basically just touches on, you know, rising above um, critics and rising above hate, rising above stuff like that. Since the company or the brand is called Rise, I figured it would be a perfect fit. Um, there's a line in the chorus that says, there's no more second chances, it's do or die. Like I said, this is an alternative to WWE or AEW. So a lot of the roster is going to be flooded with indie talent. There's going to be obviously big names and stuff like that, but it is a second option and a little more gritty of an option that we don't have to worry about sponsors as much. Our headquarters, since I'm born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, I figured that'd be the perfect place to set up home base. So it will be headquartered in Indianapolis and the TV deal. This was the hardest part of it. And I wanted to save it for last. So when I was going through how I wanted my brand to be perceived, all the different networks. Now I said, I wanted to go a little less mainstream. So that takes out Fox, that takes out CBS, that takes out ESPN, that takes out even TNT um, or the USA network since they already house major wrestling. Um, So I went with the AMC channel. AMC was famous for having the walking dead, obviously a horror based show. Um, and tons of different content uh, from various different genres. So I figured a little bit of a smaller um, television network to house our very underground, gritty, um, not-so-mainstream wrestling company. But that's what I got. Okay. So it's very it's very you. Mm-hmm. So it's very uh, kind of dark, but it's a very alternative brand. Uh, I dig it. I, I, I think uh, everything is pretty pretty standard. But, pretty straightforward. Uh, it, it's very straightforward. It's not too complex. Uh, Christian, before I go to you, I just have two questions for Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like a facility in mind for where you guys would wrestle, or is that just in the future? So, okay. So the Hammerstein Ballroom constantly popped into my head, which is in New York City. Yes. Um, but I figured we would just we would tour various different like smaller arenas. For instance, there is the um, the Coliseum at the fairgrounds here in Indianapolis um, that seats I think about five thousand people. That'd be about as big as we go. I want a more smaller, intimate crowd um, because, like you said, like me, when I go to like concerts and stuff like that, I'm not always a ja- giant fan of going to these big amphitheaters or going to these big arenas. I like being on the floor, the stage is a foot away from me kind of thing. Like, that's my speed, and I love it. Um, so I picture the same thing. So I, I, I keep going back on it. I sound like a broken record. But when I was thinking about where we would wrestle or what kind of arenas or what kind of places, buildings we would wrestle, the Hammerstein Ballroom just constantly kept popping in my head. So places like that. Um, Nashville has a place that's very similar not as big as the Hammerstein Ballroom, not as many balconies, but stuff like that. Think of, um, like, GCW runs a lot of shows in uh, buildings like that. So I, I kind of thought of, think of GCW with slightly less hardcore because I'm not always a deathmatch guy, but we're going to have some of that just for fun um, and with a higher budget. That was, my, that was my thought. All right, Christian, what do you think? I actually really like that. And – uh one thing I really liked about yours is you're not going to like you know the same stadiums like you said. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I mean, I never would have thought to put in like a ballroom or a 
feed it or something like that. It's definitely, you know, something that's different. Yeah, we're weeding oh. out the uh, – this ain't, this ain't family night. You know, buy four tickets for thirty dollars. We're 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 catering to the hardcore wrestling fans. So, yeah. I'm talking two thousand people at max, if that. Um, I'm thinking intimate crowds, hardcore crowds. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you've watched the uh, 06 One Night Stand show. I know probably multiple times. Yep. The electricity of that crowd, and it's not that big. Mm-hmm. There's probably a fifteen hundred people in that building, and dude, right. it's electric. So those kind of settings make for some very entertaining times now uh do you want to talk about like your concession stand prices no i'm, I'm, I'm literally just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, i'm literally joking uh, my last question before we get into christian mm-hmm. was there any other name that you considered or yeah was rise always rise was the one that stuck out the most i thought of since i kind of wanted to go with an underground feel obviously the name underground pro wrestling came up but i feel like there's there's a lot of things that already kind of fit that and rise doing some research i know there's some promotions that have the word rise in it mm-hmm. um so coming up with a name i will say was one of the hardest parts oh it was the hardest part I think. yeah it was well we ran into that name in this show so yeah. i just kind of i kind of stuck with my gut the word rise kept popping in my head uh but underground was up there um maximum impact but i thought that was kind of corny uh, but Rise was ultimately one of two or three different things that just kept popping in my head. Uh, I spent way too t- much time with mine. I can just say <laughs> that right now. But uh, all right, Christian, it is, uh, it's your time now. So uh, let's see what you got. All right. If you guys know me well, you guys know I'm a big fan of extreme wrestling. You know, extreme mm-hmm. TLC, Hell in a Cell, Steel Cage, all that stuff. Which is what led me to create this brand called OEW or better known as Only Extreme Wrestling. Mm. Now, back in the day, I was a big ECW fan. So when I was thinking about this, I was like, I have to create a brand that's extreme. And with this company, we are doing nothing but extreme matches every night. And to get my promotion out there, I need somebody to do a little dirty work for me. So that's why I hired Mick Foley to be a special promoter for me. Wow. wow. Okay. I didn't there. even think of that angle. Yeah, hey, he, he's outsmarting us, but go on. Our goal is to be the best extreme wrestling company out there, or in general, just be the best wrestling company out there, obviously. And we want to make ECW look like a joke when it comes to extreme wrestling. And we yeah. obviously want to make a ton of money. Now, we are different because on my weekly show, which I will get to, there's only extremes in my matches. So, because we are such an extreme company, I've decided to do one nightly show because I don't want to kill my talent. Right. So, the weekly show will be called OEW Horror Time, and it will be Tuesday nights from 8pm to 10pm. The TV deal will be on sci-fi because sci-fi if you i don't know if you guys have that network but it Mm -hmm. shows like a lot of you know scientific horror type stuff graphic stuff that's why i decided to put my show on there now i did create a wrestlemania for my uh promotion it is called all extreme glory and it is oew's version of wrestlemania 
Pay-per-view will be every four weeks, so pretty standard. Theme song for this, I came to a bunch of different songs by some. The only song I think would fit with this is Riot by Three Days. Yeah, that's Four titles. I have the All Extreme World title, that is the Men's World Championship. I have the Hell's that is the mid-card men's championship. Then I have the duo's death title, men's tag team title. And then I have the extreme hearts title. That is the women's world title. And last, the headquarters. Well, I've chosen the greatest city in the world, and that's Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've been to Cleveland. What's so funny about that? Keep going. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Did we lose him? No, that, you still that's, here? All, that's all I got. Oh, that's, that's all, all I got. got. Okay, okay. I mean, that, it definitely fits you. Uh, the uh, I, I know you're a big fan of that extreme stuff, so I, I'm very interested to see how you assemble your roster yeah. uh, for this to fit because it when we draft, remember, it is a lot about fit and uh all that different stuff but uh two quick questions uh one was there any other names that you were considering uh there was really one other name i considered and it's aaew all american extreme wrestling but i didn't go with that i figured there was some indie company out there that would have like all american something and i didn't really want to copy so other than that no I really didn't have another name. That was the name I was going with. That was the first name I thought of, so I stuck with it. Gotcha. And uh, where will you guys be having your uh, your events? Well, unlike Dylan, I'm a sucker for money, so <laughs> I'm around the United States, baby. You know, all I, around I want, the United States. Oh yeah, I want to go to Arlington Field. I only say that because I got the Cowboys Bengals game on right now. That is a big stadium, so you can't go wrong. You know, I want to go to places in Florida. Cal- I want to have I want to have an event at the Rose Bowl. Exactly. Sell out the Rose Bowl. Can you imagine how much money I? Exactly. I mean. Hey, hey, listen, listen. We're we're gonna be touring too. We're just not doing big arenas and stuff. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, I can already tell I'm definitely going to go a lot longer than you guys, but yeah, that's definitely fine. That's fun. Uh, yep. Dylan, anything else for Christian's brand before uh, we get into mine? Yeah. I, to be honest, I'm I'm really stoked for next week because I feel like we're all three going to have different visions, and with Christian specifically, like you said, I'm I'm really intrigued to see since it's going to have a lot of hardcore deathmatch style wrestling. Really intrigued to see the roster that you compile next week. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. <laughs> Are you guys ready for mine? Yep. Dylan, did you just rip off a Band-Aid? No. I didn't <laughs> tell you this because I didn't want you to make fun of me, but I broke my thumb. <laughs> Dude, I broke my toe, so I'm totally fine. <laughs> I, I get it. I get hey, it. And I was just fun, – so. Yeah, I was just adjusting Velcro on my brace, but uh, – Yeah, good. I fell down the stairs. Doof. Gosh. That's wild. Um, I dropped a bunch of metal on my toe, so. Yeah. Idiot. 
Yeah, I know. Well, you <laughs> fell downstairs, so. Um, and, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into mine. You guys ready? Yes, sir. So it's finally time to uh, unveil mine. So for everyone listening, I'm super excited to announce the brand that I have created. We are based out of Rock Hill, South Carolina. I present to you Prize Fighter Underground Wrestling, where titles, professional, where titles, professional wrestling, and being the best matters, as sports entertainment well can just shove it. Visually, <laughs> especially you, Vince. Uh, visually, let me try and explain it to the best of my ability. Not confirmed, but I would love to hold the events at the Florence Civic Center in Florence, South Carolina. The inspiration for the brand was from many different companies, Lucha Underground, Wrestling Society X, NXT Black and Gold, and very early TNA. Just like Dylan, I'm going for a rustic feel, maybe a few holes in the turnbuckles, dry dirt stains on the canvas, so not the perfect presentation that a WWE or AEW has. Another inspiration for the rustic and outdated look was from our home city, Rock Hill, which was described as dirty when the European settlers arrived there in the 1830s. So playing, so I uh, paying homage to, uh, to them. From a lighting standpoint, I'm a big fan of the one spotlight over the ring and then the dark lighting surrounding the crowd. Mm-hmm. We're going for, we're not going to do much pyro on the show, very low pyro because I'm going for the older look and feel. But for the big events, maybe we will have some fire or uh, stuff like that. Oh, and another surprise. My brand will be bringing back the six-sided ring and will be making it wider so the wrestlers will have more room to do what they do best. Wow. Going on to the weekly shows. Two of them. Starting with Wednesday, we will have Wednesday Work Rate, which will be aired, obviously, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on FX. Saturday night, Scatter will be the next one, 6 to 8 p.m. on FX as well. Work Rate will have a red and black color scheme, with the official theme song being Blood Money by Poppy. Scatter will have a gray and gold colors, with the official theme song being Don't Hold Back by The Sleeping. One of my personal favorite songs. Wrestlers will be on both shows, so it's not split up into two brands. It's just interchanging. Pay-per-views. We are an anti-premium live event, so (laughs) we are pay-per-views. We will start with a partnership with Fight TV, but looking to expand out to Peacock and have our own network. So we do have the stuff with FX, but you can also find us on Fight TV like AEW does it, but... The ultimate goal is to be on a huge platform like Peacock or obviously have our own network like set. Just like AW and NXT Black and Gold, there will not be a lot of big shows, so all of them do matter. Our pay-per-views will include four of them, Head for the Hills, Destiny at the Core, Pandemonium at Pine Grove, and Mortality, which is our WrestleMania, like uh, Christian was saying for his. Again, just like our roots, Pine Grove was the first school in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So uh, going back to that as well. Mortality, like I said, is our WrestleMania. And the other two will have multiple championship and number one contender matches, just like the other two. 
or the big two. Uh, kicking off every pay-per-view will be a performance by a band or artist that best represents the event or the card of the night. Titles. PUW world title is our big title that has a $5,000 raise to the contract when they win it. But titles don't often change. It takes that certain story from us to uh, make that change. The Rock Hill title will be our mid-card title with a $2,000 raise to their contract. PUW women's title will have a $5,000 raise to their contract. And the PUW tag team titles will receive a $2,000 raise as well. I cannot put over enough how important titles are and why... Why we're here is to uh, see these big title fights and how much they mean to the wrestlers. There will not be any singles divisions, meaning any wrestler can go for a mid-card or a world title at any time. But here's the kicker. I also created PW medallions. Wrestlers who will win a match will receive a medallion. If you get to five, then you can exchange it for a title shot at random. So men's wrestlers will either have to be a mid-card or world. Uh, you can't choose, etc. If a wrestler somehow wins 10 in a row, they can exchange that for a title match of their choosing. They can pick where and when at any of the big four pay-per-views. And then they can also uh, pick the stipulation for the match with a 60-minute time, 60 time limit. On the flip side, if a wrestler were to lose 10 matches in a row, they would be rewarded with a chance to get out of their slump. So they would face the current number one contender for the mid-card title. So if they win, great. If not, they will be terminated of their contract no matter who they are. So wins and wow. losses do matter. So here at Price Fight Underground, like I said, wins and losses matter. Unlike the former regime geeks in Connecticut, look at you, Vince. I want to emphasize how important titles are because that – is the name of the game here. Storylines will be mainly created through the title matches, the medallion matches, uh, interference, stuff like that. So we're not going to be creating these outrageous stories because everything will have a purpose and a reason to care because there's so much at stake. Selling the body part will also be very key. So one full matches will have DQ, but there will be a 20-second limit on the outside to a count out, like in Japan. A lot of matches will not have to rely on weapons, but many two out of three and even three out of five falls matches. Now, obviously, if a wrestler's contract is on the line, we will have an extreme fight all night match or something like that with a very special moments. Going back to the beginning, really quick. The reason why I picked Rock Hill, South Carolina, well, for one, I did not find any active indie wrestling promotions in the state. And Rock Hill has a solid mix of big neighborhoods, a strong community, and Winthrop University being close. So I get the, you know, all three. Our mm-hmm. brand is going to represent the city, but putting the extra emphasis that winning championships matters so much and there is a big pay raise when the wrestler obtains the title, uh, we will look to tour around South Carolina, that the whole state. So Columbia and Greenville being potential targets. And then we will uh, hopefully go along the coast to provide the best professional wrestling in the world. Our target market is definitely towards the diehard wrestling fan. However, since our professional wrestling is at another level, there will be something for everyone to enjoy. So uh, those 18 to 49 demo numbers will be high. To conclude, I cannot emphasize enough how much titles mean to this brand. There is a lot of professional wrestling, but we want to push up those stakes and make it even higher. 
by the time we get rolling, I would love to add another show, which would be kind of like AEW Dark, but it'll be all about the future. It will be for those that aren't even getting a chance for like these big indie shows. It'll be the really, really small uh, indies wrestlers. So hopefully that we can turn them into something big in the long term and see if they could get over. You are fighting for this spot. So we are not having house shows because after you wrestle, you're definitely going to feel it the next day. We all love professional wrestling, but we want to be invested in everything the brand is doing, especially the big title fights, which obviously will have a big fight feel and which I'm going for. So that, my friends, is Prize Fighter Underground Wrestling. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. I feel yeah. like I feel like you and I are are pretty similar. Uh, yes. You obviously added a few more tricks with the medallions and everything, yeah. Um, and the wins and losses and stuff being fired if you lose a big stretch. I feel is very creative. Yeah, because it's like, well, if you're if if you're constantly losing, you're just holding a spot on the roster. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. That's um, why the futures are going. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's really creative. Um, I feel like you and I are going to have a similar draft. Next yes. week, because I feel like our promotions are very similar. Yep. Um, Christian went with the extreme route, which I love as well. All in all, I think we all created some uh, pretty interesting companies, I must yeah. say. Christian, yeah. what uh, what did you think of my brand? That was really detailed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, I mean, that's just, I mean, Dylan knows that's just how I am. Yeah, I know. I know. I know something you want to do for a while. But when you said the six-sided thing, the first thing I thought of was, like, early, what would it be, like, 2000s TNA? Yeah. Oh, and that was, was golden. Oh, man, that that brought back some good memories. But, yeah, that's a really good brand, and I don't know. If people are losing and getting fired. Mm. <laughs> better, hey, better well, that's, what, yeah, that's why wins and losses matter so much. Yeah. So, uh, that is uh... – that's all through the brands. So, uh, Dylan, what is the name of yours again? Rise Pro Wrestling. And then Christian? OEW Only Extreme Wrestling. Okay, and mine is Price Fighter Underground Wrestling. So, uh, just by the descriptions of what we have, we'd love to hear from the audience. Who won? Who is the best one? But uh, ultimately, you can judge us next week after we get our rosters and stuff like that. But who won round one? Let us know, because uh, I'm very intrigued to see what everyone thought. That was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, but this obviously is only part one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another surprise at the end, but uh, Dylan, would you like to go into your dummy yeah moment of the week? Yeah. So, my dummy yeah moment of the week goes to AEW. Mm. Not for anything they did on TV this week, it's the marketing team for AEW specifically. So on the 14th this week, so that would have been Wednesday, um, <clears throat> they announced that AEW is returning to Chicago, Illinois, November 24th. First off, how many times do they go to Chicago? Feels like, like every month. Like there's yeah. other cities, especially in the Midwest, like, you know, Indianapolis does exist. Just saying. But that's not what I got beef with. I got beef with the graphic. Yeah, Ohio exists. (laughs) I have beef with the graphic that they use to market the event itself. So, as you know, 
we kind of gotten used to this. Whenever AEW announces a show, it's always like Dynamite, Rampage, blah, 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 uh, where the arena is, prices, doors, and things like that, all the info. Here's the issue. So I'm looking at the graphic right now. They have Ruby Soho on it, which I love. But what's she doing? Nothing. <laughs> they got Danielson, which makes perfect sense because he's yeah. Brian Danielson. They have Adam Cole, who has not appeared on AEW TV in, since uh, Double or Nothing. Right? Maybe yes. that. Or no, no. Uh, was it? No, he, he was in the... Uh, he was at Forbidden Door. Oh, that's so right. That's, yeah. So that's the last time Adam Cole has appeared. He's yeah. front and center. But the biggest one being in Chicago, they put CM Punk on the graphic. Now, <laughs> we're not going to dive into this whole story again, but we all know the news that is currently surrounding CM Punk and all the reports saying that he might be suspended, he might be fired. He was already stripped of the world title. So my question to you guys, you have so much uncertainty with especially this one specific guy. Why the hell would you put him on the promotional poster or the promotional graphic to promote an event that you have coming up? Does that mean that this CM Punk stuff, all the reports of him being fired and let go because Tony Khan doesn't want the toxic locker room, is that all just smoke and mirrors? Whoa. <laughs> Love that song. <laughs> so that, that's a banger. But is that all like, is that all just a facade? Is Punk just like getting time off? Because I did read that he hurt his tricep as well at All Out. Like, I don't understand all the controversy around this guy. And I love him. I love him to death. You guys know I'm a big CM Punk guy. But lately, it's becoming very hard to admit that with all the backstage story and the backstage politicking that's going on. Why would you put him front and center on the graphic if. We don't even know if he's with the company anymore, let alone long-term. He might not even be there now. So yeah. I, I, I just don't understand the, uh, the marketing behind this. Not me, well, also, go ahead, pick a, also, pick a new city. Come on. Go to Chicago every month. Exactly. Go ahead, Christian. Well, I mean, it's in Chicago again. Like you said, who's from Chicago? CM Punk. Mm-hmm. So, I, the only ex- reason, somewhat reasonable explanation I can think if you put him on there and it's in Chicago, it's going to bring people in the seats. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. see Punk on the graphic. Maybe there's something brewing. You know, maybe Punk's not getting fired, released, you know, whatever. Which, I like the guy too, but I think he should be gone. That's a mm-hmm. discussion though. But... It just doesn't make sense to put a guy on your promo right now when he might not even be working for the company at this very moment. Exactly. Yeah. Here's my... Go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, here's my final thought before we turn to your guys' stories. If you don't remember, the Bucks and Omega were removed from a graphic that they were yeah. already on previously. It was the all-out poster post the all-out scrum. They were removed from it. So why are we removing the Bucks and Omega for their roles, who we have confirmed have been suspended, but Punk is going to be advertised all willy-nilly? If he has a serious triceps injury, one, he's not even going to be healthy by November. 
It's September 18th now. This is two months away. Mm -hmm. So nine weeks or so. It's just very weird marketing that even even if he is with the company, say he hasn't been fired or suspended or whatever, he's injured. Yeah. It's just, and, and like the same goes for Adam Cole. We haven't seen him since the middle of June, and I hope that he's okay. But I don't understand like putting him on the poster and like getting people all excited. Oh shit, Adam Cole might be there. Sweet. Adam Cole hasn't appeared in three months. Yeah. Soho, it, I love her, but like, is she really doing no. anything that's worthy of? No. Like, you put the belt on Tony Storm. Why is it Tony Storm on the graphic? Why yeah. is it Moxley on the graphic? Why isn't Swerve in our glory or the acclaimed? Like, I, I, I don't know. I just didn't get it. Yeah, it's just false marketing there. I yep. mean, that's AW. And uh, for those football fans, uh, Trey Lance is out for the year. So, so uh, that is big news uh, for you, uh, San Francisco fans. Well, so. good thing they paid Jimmy G. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, Christian, you want to go in with your dummy on the league? Well, I've actually got one more thing on that story, really quick. Mm-hmm. Yep, go ahead. I don't, I don't know why they were this way, but maybe they're trying to say Adam Cole is going to be, you know, going to do a return. True. But if that's the case, why would you put? I would just spoil it. It'd be yeah, like. Right. Oh, Cole's come back tonight. You know? It's I, weird. Very weird. My dummy moment goes to Impact, and it is the booking of Mike Bailey for Victory Road. They had the answer for Victory Road of them, and that was to put him against Kenny King because they've kind of had this feud going on a little bit. You know, of course, mm-hmm. Kenny attacked him after his match this past week on Impact. But they're going to put Mike Bailey in some sort of, like, Want the gauntlet match, or he's gonna face like superstars at Victory Road, and one of the superstars he's gonna face is Yim. And I'm just like, <laughs> why? Why don't you just put him against Kenny King? Like that makes now, more sense. <laughs> now here, here's why I think they're not doing that is because they're going to save it for bound for glory, which is a much bigger scaled event. So yeah. for these, these smaller shows are like the, like their impact, like plus exclusives, or you can find them on fight TV for like 10 bucks. So that's why they didn't do it here. Just because it is a smaller scale show. I mean, I agree. You could have them in some aspect. You could have them in a tag team match. You could have them facing in some capacity. Having him face me again, I I don't have an answer for you. I don't know why they did that, but the booking decision, Dylan. I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I think they just did it so they can save for Bound for Glory. Probably. I mean, Bound for Glory is going to have the bigger price tag as far as like ordering it. Yeah. Victory Road isn't. If that's their big money feud, or at least for the X Division, that's the big money feud. I mean, it makes sense to hold off, but I'm I'm with you as well. Um, at a certain point logic has to come into play and if it's hot right now like hit it while the iron's hot exactly go with it but teach their own yep yep uh, absolutely so we're gonna get into mine so uh so my dummy i'm on the week goes to the pwi 500 list as we all know the pwi 500 list was announced and remember this was just the men's singles competitors portion of it i know the tag team the women's will go Next, and I am very excited for the women's one because Liv Morgan probably will be number two. Uh, the top five 
being Roman Reigns at one, Okada at two, CM Punk at three, Hangman Page at four, and Bobby Lashley at five. Real quick, they base this list off of wins and losses, your stance in the company, quality of an opponent, and I think like move set or like difficulty of moves. I can't remember which one it was. Here's a few quick issues. I won't spend all day. I get Roman is at one. I mean, I, I get why they put him there. Has he been the best wrestler from the July 1st, 2021 to June 30th, 2022, which is that year deadline that they have? I don't think he was the best wrestler in that time because especially, you know, the times that he was not there. CM Punk is for sure not three. I don't care what anyone says. He was not number three. Hangman was definitely not number four. Even Lashley, Dylan, he was feuding with Omos for three months. Was he, you know, prime for number five? I don't know. Uh, Moxley, Christian was at number 12. Seth Rollins was at 17, which was an absolute joke. Josh Alexander was way too low. Big E was definitely not number nine. They were just trying to do it for, like, the moment. I get it. He was definitely not number nine. Uh, Dylan will like this one. Braun Breaker was ahead of Will Ospreay. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I know. So, uh, Dylan, let's start with you. Uh, what did you think of the list? I mean, Roman doesn't deserve to be number one. If we're going off just statistics, I get it. He's been champion yes. for two years, whatever. Um, I'm looking at the list. I have it pulled up in front of me. Punk being three, as much as I love him, is a joke. Cody Rhodes isn't in the top five, despite putting on one of the best stories in a three-month span that WWE's had in a very long time with Seth Rollins. Speaking of, Seth Rollins not even in the top 15. That's a fucking joke. John Moxley, since coming back last fall or last winter, has been literally one of the best names in wrestling. You cannot find a more over guy. It's very hard. He's yeah. not even in the top 10. Uh, Cardona's not in the top 10, and I love what he's been doing. Um, I speak about it a lot. Lashley, I absolutely adore, but he's not top five in my opinion. I feel like like there's there's good names, but they're just in the wrong spot. Yes. Like, I would put Rhodes in the top five, probably where ha- Hangman is at four, give or take. Punk is coming down. I'd probably put Moxley at three. Roman, I'm not a massive fan of being one, but I get it for the statistics, so I'm not going to argue with that point too much. But Moxley should be in the top five. Cody should be in the top five. Rollins needs to at least be in the top 12. No. The fact that he's outside the top 15 is a joke. He's top Part, three. Minimum. Minimum. Minimum I, I top around three. That. Danielson's at seven. You can make an argument that he could probably be a little higher on the list. Um, Big E should not even be in the top 20. I'm sorry. Shouldn't. Yeah. There's just a lot of, uh, but then again, like that's what these lists are for. You know yeah. what I mean? The fact that Drew McIntyre's 20th, that's a fucking joke. Yeah. Give me a break with that. And then breaker above Osprey. Like, do we even watch <laughs> wrestling? <laughs> this is so yeah. stupid. Yeah. I'm looking down the list. Randy Orton's at 47. Randy Orton was on top of his game before he got hurt. That's yeah. stupid. Edge is at 65. That's, eh. Yeah. I think it's a little low, but. That's yeah. low. Um, yeah. Omos is at 120? Yeah. He's above Hook? Are you yes. fucking kidding me? Yeah, oh. Omos. God. Omos is above Dante Martin, Sheamus, and Hook. <laughs> oh, my God. And Eddie Edwards. 
Kyle. Oh God, that's that's come on, come happy, on. Happy Happy Corbin beat Kenta. <laughs> like yeah, I, I mean, said, these these lists, much like whenever like EA Sports puts out the Madden ratings, it's simply just to get people talking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christian, what did you think of the list? Very quickly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Why is Rob one? Yeah, Tommy, <laughs> I, like, I knew that was coming. Because he so lost like, all fucking that. year. That's why. <laughs> well, look who he was under for the last year. Exactly. He had exactly. Vince writing for him. And Braun Breaker over Will Ospreay? Is that a joke? Yeah. I know. Stupid. And you have Omos even on the list? Like, oh, man. He's... I know. He probably shouldn't even been 500. He shouldn't even. Hey. He's just be put at N.A. Not yeah, NA. Hey, Jeff Hardy is rated higher than Karrion Cross. <laughs> Jeff Hardy's in rehab right now, yeah. for those who don't know. <laughs> and Jeff Cobb. Oh, wait, where was Jeff, Jeff Cobb? Jeff Cobb is 169. All right, I'll be giving them an email after this. But uh <laughs> Christian, you wanna you wanna you wanna finish? It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it comes down. 169? What? Oh That's a my joke. god! Yeah, I, I, see, but this is this is a list. This is a kayfabe list. So this is like everything that happens in the show. They base this list off of. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Madcap Moss is rated higher than Brian Cage. <laughs> what a fucking joke! <laughs> what a joke! About this, this is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could spend all day at this, but. Uh... Uh, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, I do have one surprise for you, but uh, Dylan, would you like to tell everyone next week uh, before uh, you get us out of here? Yeah, so uh, we just created our brand, and next week we will be drafting for our brand's fantasy draft style, so it's going to be a snake draft, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yep. Uh, the draft order is already locked. As far as I know, I'm first. Christian will be second. Kyle will be third, and then yep. in the second round, Kyle will be first, Christian second, I'm third. And then so on. Yep. The good thing is Christian is in the same spot every yep. round, so that's got to be, like, the sweet spot. Uh, but Kyle and I get back-to-back picks, which is going to be kind of cool. So, really excited. Yeah. yeah, Christian, you excited for next week? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I've got I've got kind of a big board made up. Might change oh, yeah. a bit, but I definitely know what guy I want. I will tell you, uh, the number one pick is in, but I'll save it for next week. All right. All right. So, uh, one more surprise for you guys. Before we get out of here, we are going to uh, give the audience a preview of next week's show. So, we, right now, will be drafting our announce team. This will be a two-person announce team. However, if you want to add a third commentator, you can do that, but it will take away one of your picks for next week. Mm. So uh, that's definitely a risk uh, reward kind of situation there. We all love drafting. So this will just be a taste of what we're doing next week. Like Dylan said. So with that being said, Dylan will have the first and six Christian will have two and five. I'll have three and four for a snake draft. Um, If you've done fantasy football, you definitely know what it is. So, uh, without further ado, if you guys are ready, Dylan, you're on the clock. Who is your first commentator? All right. Commissioner is coming to the podium now. Right. He's, got the, he's got the card in hand. With the first pick of the commentator draft. Yep. By the way, we're running a two-person 
commentary okay, booth. Okay. Fuck, okay. fuck three people. Yeah. I hate him. With the first pick, he matches the energy. He matches the pro wrestling style. In my opinion, one of the most underrated people in pro wrestling history. No one ever talks about him enough. I'm going Mario Ranola. Okay. Okay, good one. Um, Christian, you're, uh, you're on the clock. All right, so here comes the commissioner. He's about to open the card. With the the second pick in the commentator draft, we will be selecting Michael Cole. Very vanilla, very safe pick. Very, very safe. So Dylan went, that was definitely someone I was going over, but, and then you picked Michael Cole. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so the, uh, I'll have to think about the fourth pick, but the third pick is definitely in. So with the third pick, uh, I will be selecting for my first commentator, Nigel McGinnis. Ooh. Will uh, will be my number one commentator. He kind of fits the style that I want to go. So uh, he will be the color commentator. I'm also going to go a little risky with my... I, I guess color, or I guess my uh, play-by-play. Uh, I'm going to make my play-by-play Wade Barrett. Ooh! So I'm going to have a Wade Barrett, Nigel McGinnis uh, commentator table. Fuck! That was going to be my color guy. <laughs> Who, Nigel? <laughs> no, Wade Barrett. <laughs> I was going to have Ronaldo and Barrett. All right, uh, Christian, you were on the clock. All right. So, my color commentator, I'm going to go with the guy who actually does play-by-play for the company, but we're moving him to color. I'm drafting Tom Hannafin. Tom, I like Tom Hannafin. I really liked him in WWE. Tom Hannafin. So, you're going by two. So, you you and I kind of conflicting styles. I went two colors. You went with uh, two play-by-play, but kind of meshing yep. that together. Really interesting stuff. Uh, Dylan, six pick, who is uh, joining uh, Morrow? All right, so we're going to color guy here because Morrow's going to do the play-by-play stuff. Okay. I wanted I wanted high energy after I lost Wade Barrett. Yeah. Wade Barrett was going to be my guy for the wrestling mind. And then sitting here, I'm like, I'm going to go high energy, and I'm going to take Pat McAfee. But I want this to be a, like, legit wrestling show. Yeah, as much you're not as drafting I, Pat for that. <laughs> no, as much as I love Pat McAfee, I love him to death. He doesn't fit my brand, but I'm still good. WWE guy. Kyle and I talk about him quite a bit. He's very good on commentary. I'm already I'm going Corey, Corey Graves. Corey Graves. I'm already tied him in that because I knew well, as soon as you said WWE, I knew. All right, so uh, just to recap, uh, Dylan has more Ronaldo and Corey Graves, Christian and Michael Cole, and Tom Hannafin. And then I have Wade Barrett and Nigel McGinnis. So that is a taste of next week. Did you all uh, Did you all enjoy that? Oh, yeah. Man. Very much. So that's just a taste of uh, next week. So that is all we got. Appreciate everyone listening to this point. We didn't run too, too long, but uh, hope uh, everyone enjoyed it. So uh, we are on the road to Extreme Rules, and we have a massive episode with the draft next week. So I hope everyone comes back and listens to that. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, might be a little long just because we're going to be so into it, but uh, I'm definitely going to have a few surprises for uh, for the guys next week. So uh, we will catch everyone next week. Yes, sir.